0: Welcome to True Story, the public relations podcast, a space where we get a peek behind the scenes of brands and businesses that have a real story to tell. Because in today's world, we are done with perfect and fake. We want to support brands that aren't afraid to show their true colors. I'm your host, Whitney Lee, the founder of True Story PR, an agency focused on helping businesses show up authentically through their social media, PR, and more. We pride ourselves on always keeping it real. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back. We're excited today for another awesome interview. I've got another one of my friends from the Brand Builders Group coming in today. I'd like to introduce you guys to Nick Hyder Just a quick overview of who Nick is because he's going to tell us all about it. Uh, he is the EVP of Rack Financial. He's the host of his own podcast called Hit Streak uh, and kind of a new term uh, He or a new title. He is the voice of Sirius XM Radio's Y'all station which I know we're gonna hear more about welcome to the show Nick
1: thank you it's a it's a it's a honor and a pleasure to be here and uh, I look forward to having a good old time I
0: love it and you totally have the radio voice (laughs) on point (laughs) thank you Awesome. Okay. Well, Nick, every time I bring somebody on the show, I always, first of all, I invite people that have really unique stories of how they started from, you know, started from somewhere and made their way throughout a really cool career or or in the middle of a really cool career. So I always give our guests the opportunity of just like, you tell me a little bit about you and then we'll start from there. Okay.
1: Um, you know, just like anybody else, the last, uh, you know, really 20 years, it's, um, that that journey you know the first like 10 to 15 was kind of like there wasn't like a whole lot of forward movement just but just like anything else once you get momentum things start to compound and they can compound quickly right so um the first like you know 10 to even like 12 years probably were were very some of those were very dark times they were very slow it felt like um but they were all all necessary as as a part of our journey so um Real quick, I played professional sports after at uh, professional baseball after college um, for uh, for six years. And um, and then after that, we got into uh, my wife and I got into hospitality industry. She wasn't my wife yet, but we we're in the hospitality industry where we owned and operated six different venues um, or, or nightclubs and, and restaurants over like the next five, six years. Uh, I, I needed a life change. Wasn't a great person. I did, you know, being around bit, that environment wasn't good for me. I'll just leave it at that. And, um, I got into uh, a new new project that I really didn't know a whole lot about in real estate where over the next like couple of years, I lost everything that we had. And in 2013 at rock bottom, I got offered, I went to a job interview where they said, Hey man, you're overqualified to do this, but we know a guy that you should talk to. And it was, I went and I interviewed to start an insurance agency of all things and uh, a health insurance agency at that. Something I knew nothing about, but, um, that opportunity saved our life because everything that we have today, and all of the um, strategies and lessons that we learned along the way, are we're using today, right? So, since 2013, I started a single-person agency by myself. In 15, um, my wife and I wanted to help others launch insurance agencies, so we brought her on to uh, as a 50 50 partner in my insurance agency. And over the uh, over the next like five to six years. Um, we launched, uh, we launched over, uh, about 150 health insurance agencies and another 50 or 60 other businesses. And, um, it's, it's been, it's been a good ride, man. And, and, uh, now, uh, in 2000, uh, or last year, I accepted the executive vice president role at rack financial and, uh, which is, uh, that's merchant processing. Um, it's every business uses it of any type, right. If they're accepting revenue and, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're incredibly blessed. The, uh, the Sirius XM thing. When you have a podcast that does pretty well and you have the relationships that uh, that I'm blessed to have um, certain doors open. And that was a, a very unique thing and something that wasn't on the map. However, my goal with my podcast is I'd like to I'd like to um, it to be in the Sirius XM umbrella at some point in time. Right. So I've got the relationship now to move that forward. So I'm really excited about that.
0: Oh my gosh! I'm like, what a wild ride! Absolutely. And to go from hospitality, which we the, our agency works a lot in hospitality, really more on like resorts and experiential, but. What on earth, when you're rock bottom, what on earth was attractive about a health insurance agency? Nothing. Especially, I just think to myself, like, man, with everything that's happening in the world, you heard, like, let me go start this health insurance agency. This is a great idea. Because I guess 13, isn't that Obama was in office?
1: Um, He was. Okay,
0: so yeah, like, especially everything with changing with Obamacare, you were just like, this is a great idea.
1: Well, it was, um, like, I was so lost. Um, There was a... There was a lot of insecurity in myself as a a man, um, as a future husband, and at the time, a a young father. And um, I just knew that I had to do better. And ironically, I went to that interview and all I had to pay for to start that agency was the legal, the state fees for the licensing and such. And I was so broke that when they offered me the spot, Um, I actually had to walk outside and and call my dad from the parking lot and ask him if I could borrow his credit card for the $300 that I didn't have just to be able to sign up for the uh, um, the, to buy the pre license course and sign up for the state exam. So it was was a really dark time. Dad said, Yeah, man, I'll give it to you. But this is the last time. Don't come back. And that was one of the greatest gifts my dad ever gave me was he cut me off. And uh, he he made me take Mm -hmm. responsibility of my life and, and my family. So um, there was nothing attractive about the health insurance agency other than there was no ceiling, right? So there was no guarantee, there was no base, but there was no ceiling. And that was something that was very important for me. The last job that I turned down um, was for around $150,000 a year. And at the time I'd never made that much money before, but. I don't know, something, you know, the uh, I, I, at the time, I didn't lean on my faith enough, but I did in that decision, and it just said, like, you know, if you're the best there, they're not going to pay you like the best, and I actually asked the person that offered me the job, if I outperform that guy, will I make more money than he does? And they said, no, he's been here longer, so I turned down the job, my wife supported me, and um, yeah, and it, was, it, was a, it was a rough three or four years um, to get to a place where we were stable or felt stable, but it was worth it. Feels worth it. And that's what you kind of find everything you go through that's hard is it's worth it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the power of trusting your gut. You know, I always say, I make decisions all day long for clients, uh, really, really expensive decisions. And I don't think twice about them. You know, like I just go with my gut of like, yes, no, yes, no. Um, but sometimes in my own personal life, like, it, It's like a totally different ball game for some reason of me making decisions, you know, for do I want to buy this house? Do I want to move to this city? Like these, those are the decisions I like spend time tripping up over.
1: Whereas in business, it's just like going with your gut all day long. Absolutely. There was a, I didn't understand that just because I had a a college degree and I'd played a professional, a professional sport. um, You know, I guess that up until that time, I wouldn't say I didn't earn what I had, but like. You know i had a, I, you know i had my parents help me out when it was time to pick mm-hmm. colleges and you know applying for scholarships and and you know the the things that you got to send to colleges to get recruited um to earn scholarships I, I had a whole lot of help and i took a lot for granted uh, my parents mm-hmm. you know they did everything for me and they were and they were outstanding and uh, so naturally I, I bumped my head a little bit coming out life was life was hard and if i didn't have the experience as a baseball player of you know on average, failing 70% of the time, um, like like all great baseball players do at the highest level, you know I might not have been able to push through and and overcome those things. Because I'm telling you, man, like I can't tell you how many days like I just want to take my head and, like just ram it through a wall. It was so frustrating, you know. Couldn't get any traction. I'm out there busting my butt all day every day, and I'm still not getting paid. Like that's just that's necessary. And like what I learned is is you know, uh, when your backs against the wall, that's a, that's a great place to, to like lay a foundation. And mm. I, sh- I can still remember today, as a matter of fact, when I woke up today, um, I, uh, you know, some days you wake up and you just don't feel amazing. Like some days you wake up and everything's just perfect. When you were all out of bed, things were aching, you know, like it just, it wasn't the best start of the day, but just like I do every day, I had to go back and I had to remember like what that felt. What that felt like, because like I'm running, I'm running like hell from that feeling as hard as I can, each and every single day. So um, that feeling of, of rock bottom and knowing that I was looking at a beautiful woman that I cared about more than anything, and and a son that like you know I I always say my kid's reading the book that I'm writing, um, just because he's watching me live my life and he's in a he's he's taking notes, man, and um, and I needed to be a better example for him, and I and you know and you know what else is like. <laughs> I don't want to have to carry him as long as my parents carried me like you know like once he's out dude good luck man like let's go you know what i mean you're ready own your life so push him out of the nest absolutely so um yeah it was um you know it it was it, uh, it was extremely hard but like that's again that's what makes it all worth it is knowing the trials and tribulations that we overcame um, that's, that's what makes the journey so great. And even as a, as a Christian man, that's what you find. That's how you find your Christ likenesses through the trials and tribulations that you overcome.
0: Yep. Absolutely. One of my favorite verses talks about like being grateful for the trials and tribulations and you don't know what it's going to bring you, but like it, for some re- you know, like having a moment of gratitude when you're in the, like some of the most
1: trying times of your life. So you can't, can you be in a bad mood? Can you be in a bad mood if you're grateful? Is it possible? No. I don't think so. It's amazing. and it? It's amazing. If you're having a bad day, be grateful for something and watch how you feel. All right.
0: All right. I wake up and I'm like, I have eyes to see. I have ears to hear. That's more than what a lot of people have, you know? Absolutely. So. Um. Um, okay, I want to talk about the insurance agency a little bit because I feel like that's like what catapulted you into like literally. It, so- it sounds like a whole new life. A lot of people listen to this podcast because they're trying to grow their business or they work in marketing and PR and they're helping brands and businesses grow. So, what was the secret? I, I feel like the insurance market, the insurance market is heavily saturated. Um, and you were able to not only do it, do it really freaking well, and then teach other people how to do it. How, what did you say? Like 160 agencies you helped yeah, grow?
1: It was, it was over 150. Um, you know, it's when people say that saturated versus unsaturated. To me, like there's two ways you can look at it. Saturated means there's more competition to overcome, but that, at the same time, that means the consumer is it's it's a proven industry, right? And, and people are buying. If it's not if it's not saturated, that means pro- not enough people are in it, and maybe the 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 customer base doesn't believe in it just yet. Right. So you can find optimism in just about anywhere you look. Right. So, um, yeah, it was it's it's very saturated. And that was another reason, you know, if you if you do the research, the studies say that the insurance industry produces more millionaires than any other industry in the world. So really? Absolutely. Because I did not know that. Well, it's just because it turns into residual income. You know what I mean? And, and that and that compounds mm-hmm. over the years, the longer that you do it. So my wife and I still have a huge, huge, huge book of uh, business. We still have our, our original agency today and uh, we still oh. operate and serve that agency and it's still growing. Um, golly, my, my, uh, my wife is amazing at that stuff because of her background and uh, our customers absolutely love her. So um, it's still growing and we're still feeding that machine as well. Um, it's just where, you know, we're, we're able now to there's other things that we wanted to do. Outside of that, and we wouldn't be able to do that without the um, without the opportunities that the insurance company provided us. The the model that uh, Troy McQuaig, the CEO of of US Health Group and US Health Advisors, created for people like me, um, you know, it, it's it's unbelievable and it's and it's unparalleled. And again, we wouldn't have anything that we had today if that brilliant man didn't create an opportunity a model that created an opportunity like that for people like me.
0: Wow. So is there I mean, if you had to say the top three things that helped you grow, helped you grow the insurance agency, like what were the tactics or strategies that you did?
1: Well, um, man, that spreads over five or six years. So the first thing is, is when I started, um, the industry was still paper applications and voided checks. This is in 2013. This is before it really became an Internet and and tech and tech uh, like tech based business. So back then we were still spending half our day in the car, driving to people's homes. You were like, it was always playing an away game on the sporting, on the sporting field. Um, we were on their turf and, and it was tough, but what we figured out was, is in the hospitality industry, if you're not a, a top marketer or a top promoter, you get beat, uh, you don't last very long. So I noticed that in that space, probably the weakest part of, uh, of the agency's portfolio, of all agents' portfolio, was their ability to market themselves. So, um, and it's, and it's hard to market because there it's very regulated. So there's a lot of compliance that you have to be uh, very aware of. And, um, so we, uh, we were the very first business, uh, like business page in all of, on all of social media in the, in the history of the company. So, and they were so nice. They could have easily just said, Nick, we're not, we don't mess with that. Shut it down. You can't do that. But they actually learned, uh, used me as a kind of like a Guinea pig or, they just worked with me hand in hand to make sure that I wasn't crossing any lines and putting the company at risk and my agency at risk at the same time. And because I was the only one really doing it, um, you know, our trajectory was was pretty quick and and fast once we really once we really committed and dove into it. So, um, like we we made a killing on just like with just Facebook with just Facebook ads, but they weren't paid ads. They were all all organic with the exact same message. Another satisfied customer who's next. We just focused on the customer experience. There's no compliance or or, or uh, uh, regulated issues that you that you could come across when you're just focusing on the customer experience and creating happy customers, right? So that's literally how simple it was. And we just, I mean, it was my favorite thing is when somebody would say, somebody I knew would say, man, like y'all must be killing it. Cause every time I log on to whatever social media platform it is, I, you're all I see. And that was exactly what we wanted to hear, right? So that was the whole point of doing it. So um, it's been a, um, it's been a great and wild ride in 2015, the world of the internet lead became a thing where you could buy people's information and market to them over the phone or to their email, um, or any other platform that maybe, that maybe they gave you access to. So, um, that game changed a lot in, uh, 2015, but that also gave you the, the ability to scale much faster because now you could bring agents in an office setting and teach them how to operate CRMs and, and, and um, and monetize the data. That they were that they were purchasing from outside vendors, you know. Yeah, so
0: it's almost like the world changed in the middle. Like you had your strategy going, and then the world changed. But I feel like that's welcome to the life of a marketer. Correct. You know, um, I, I have clients all the time that ask us stuff, and I'm like, you know, it was this way yesterday, but I guarantee tomorrow it won't be the same. That's you right. know, and. It, so it's the only job that, you know, like people go to school to learn to become this or that or a nurse or a teacher or whatever. And like you get your boards and then you you probably have to re-up it every few years. But like marketing, I feel like we're re-upping our knowledge literally like every day or you will just become a thing of the past.
1: You know, that um, people can't buy from a business that they don't know exists. Mm-hmm. Right. It's pretty simple if, th- if you think about it. And, um, you know, and now with, you know, people's screens, um, you know. You look, no matter whose screen I look at, it says they look at it, they're, they're on that screen five to seven hours a day. So I believe that um, your customers are going to buy from whoever's on that screen. If it's not you, they're going to be buying from somebody else because like, it's just like commercials, man. Eventually you, you figure out like you earn people's trust by giving them your message over and over and over. You're just planting those seeds. And then you're, you're feeding those seeds and nourishing those seeds until they turn into the beautiful flower or whatever it is, just like a farmer does. You reap that harvest so anytime that we're doing anything like that, it's um like I, I like I just love it when people say, dude, I get on Instagram or whatever and you're all that I see. That means the team's doing a great job.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a huge part in PR. You know, we we focus on visibility and sometimes clients get so obsessed with like every time I'm on a podcast. How much money did I make from that? Every time I, you know, um, collaborate with someone on social media and they share it to their page. How much money did I make off that? Like our clients have been trained to look for hard financial ROI on every single thing, or they feel like it's not working. And I try to tell people there's so much power in visibility and repetition of just continuing to stay out there. But you know, uh, I don't know what your take is on that, but like the the obsession with financial ROI. And I think it's partially because the digital world has trained us to be able to see everything. Right. We can see clicks. We can see views. We can see all these things. And so people are trained for like this immediate return on investment and be able to see hard numbers, hard clicks, hard, you know, or they feel like things aren't working.
1: Yeah. You know, it's um, I played baseball for 20 years before I ever got paid to do it you know, you can go to any little league park out there today. None of those kids are getting paid to play. As a matter of fact, their Mm -hmm. parents paid for them to be there. So, um, you know, there's, but there's two types of currency, um, money and then relationships. And that's where the podcast, that's where you get a major return on your podcast. I say to this day, all the time, I said it three times yesterday, at least that my podcast is by far the sharpest tool in my tool belt. Um, there's, you know, I wouldn't, the, I've, Golly, We were about to film our 100th episode. I've had um, owners of major league franchises. I've had songwriters and artists that have uh, sold hundreds of millions of records. Um, We've had industry executives, anybody you can think of. um, We've had them. What else? Why else would I've been talking to them that day if I didn't have a podcast and now I have a relationship with them and now they're promoting that podcast. I'm tied to them forever online through that episode. Now their audience is now my audience for a limited time. And I might convert some of those. Right. So like if, if you're going in to start a podcast for a quick cash return, um, you know, I don't know, like that's like saying I'm going to I'm going to college to uh, get a job in one year. You know, it just it's, yeah. it's not relevant. It's just not how that's just not how it works.
0: Yeah. The immediate gratification of the world is like, sorry. And the people who do things well are the people who are in it for the long game.
1: If you, if you, you know, I I was, nobody paid me to sell insurance policies in the beginning of the, in the the beginning times. Right. So if you want to make money on your podcast right out of the gates, then you got to come up with a concept and a model that somebody's going to want to buy and pay you to do it, but then you don't own it anymore. Then you're just an employee. Right. So, um, having creative, that's the coolest thing about podcasts is like that creative control, um, what is it called in um, Final Cut in, in Hollywood when, with directors and stuff? So I got Final Cut on every episode. It's my show. It's, the, it's what I want um, and, uh, and, and what I want best for my guests. Right. So, um, the, again, the podcast, like what you're doing, it's so powerful. I think everybody should have one.
0: Me too. Uh, And okay, so let's dive into podcasting. And also, this kind of rolls into personal branding, you know, Um, I feel like you have a really strong personal brand. And obviously, we we connected through brand builders group, uh, which is all about for anyone listening who doesn't know brand builders group is all about entrepreneurs and experts that um, utilize their personal brand, maybe to to grow their business or their personal brand is their business. So uh, tell me a little. about about your personal brand and kind of how that, you know, I know the the podcast is probably a big part of that, right?
1: It is. Um I'll tell a quick little story about how I got into podcast in in 2020, which wasn't that long ago. I thought podcasts were stupid. I didn't really know much about <laughs> them. Um I thought it was just bad radio. And uh I went I got invited to go on Bradley's uh Dropping Bombs podcast, which that's a very that's one of the l- larger ones. At the time I never I'll, I never will forget he was in the, he was, um, it may have been the United States, but he was rated right there with like Ed Milet and Lewis house, like as a top 10 podcast at that time. And, uh, we went on and we did a show, went out to Vegas. I saw a studio and I was immediately like, dang, this is really cool. And then as the episode dropped and like our, a couple of my social media platforms just blew up the moment that it aired. And I thought, wow, there's real power in this. And that was, Brad was telling me some really valuable things about video. When I met Brad, I'd never done any video. It was all just static images and we were doing great with that. And he just asked me the question. He was like, you know, how much better would you be doing if you did video? And I was like, I don't know. And he said, do you want to find out? So that was th- th- for me, we just started shooting video and, and, and putting out micro content and that led to that, that led to the podcast. So that was my journey with the podcast and um again the the podcast is it like within our first 25 or 30 episodes we had listeners and uh, downloads in 14 different countries in all 50 states and um i'm just amazed that you know the the quarter million people or more that that are that are downloading and streaming every single episode that comes out in its first 30 days so it's 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 incredibly powerful and um and, and uh, not only is it is it powerful, but it's like it's a lot of fun. Like I think it's my favorite. Like I'm sitting here hanging out with you, with cameras yeah. on us. There's all these lights. I mean, this is a fun life we live, isn't it? Absolutely.
0: So, how much would you say of your success has been built
1: off of your personal brand? Um, well, first of all, the, I do have one regret about working with uh, brand builders. And Jeremy Weber is a founding member. He's been a buddy of mine for two decades the only regret I have about working with brand builders is that I didn't work with them like four or five years for, uh, earlier. You know what I mean? Right. Um, the, the framework and clarity that they have is just, I think it's just better than everybody else's. And mm-hmm. when, you know, a, a, a successful person pays attention to everything around them and, and, and starts to understand why things are happening around them. And the moment that I became a client of brand builders and we started working through their framework, their process and their structure, Um, I immediately got better and all my businesses immediately got better. And, and by doing that, it made me much, I realized I wasn't extremely clear on, on what made me unique and why that was special and how that could help other people. So um, I mean, Jeremy's been right there beside us in redesigning our website. And I mean, I can't say enough about what they've done um, for me as far as clarity for the future and where I'm going and It's just so easy to move forward if you're, you know, I I guess you can't drive as fast if your windshield is is fogged up and you can't see through it. Right. So like I look at them as just like they've made my windshield crystal clear.
0: That is so freaking true. And honestly, like, I do this for a living, right? So I came into this and I'm like, oh, I got this. Like, I I know, like, started with brand DNA and all that. For anybody who's listening, like, Brand Builders Group, they send you through like different um, chapters, if you will, like, that help you clarify your personal brand. Um, But I, I mean, I do this for a living, right? A lot of what we're doing in the framework for, my personal brand are things that we guide our clients through, but it still made me think of it in a different way, which is what I loved about it so much. I mean, I have my way of doing things, right? I've been doing this for 15 years or whatever, but like they, the way they position it really actually made me step back and look at it so differently. Absolutely. Which is so refreshing because I feel like I listen to a lot of the content. I listen to podcasts and things and I hear the same crap basically on every podcast. Yeah. So it was like really refreshing to have a completely different take on something that I do every single day. I you know. not agree more. So your personal brand, and obviously the podcast is part of that. Is the podcast what helped lead you to the
1: SiriusXM deal? Absolutely. Um, The I have a relationship um, with uh, with a guy at SiriusXM, Larry Witt. Um, He's and ironically, he's my next door neighbor, like in the neighborhood that we live in, right? So, um, and when we first when I first got to know Larry, that was something um, just because of the podcast, and he knew we had the studio and everything. That uh, we we had a lot of things to talk about in common, and uh, and then um, you know Charlie Chase is a very prominent television and radio person, um, especially here in Nashville, but I mean even on a, a on a um, national level, and um, he's a he's a family friend. He's somebody that's been on my show, and he gave me a lot of great advice on on how to do certain things and speak on a microphone and I I may not be making him look the best today Um, however there's just a certain sound that you want to have that's very authentic and whatnot and um, attitude is some something that everybody would say that probably have a little bit of good and bad maybe but uh, Larry said hey man they're they're launching this new radio station and because of the podcast he just said you know I threw your name in the hat and said they're looking for some new voices and they look for somebody with a little bit of twang and a little bit of attitude. And, uh, he said, I immediately thought of Nick Hyder. So I auditioned and I'm the only one that doesn't do this for a living that auditioned. And I, and they, they got, I got down to the final three and, and then I got the gig. And, uh, so we immediately started going into the studio and cutting all the voiceovers and stuff. I'm the dude that, um, that you hear in between the songs, all the songs. Right. It's pretty neat. And uh, it's so cool when you're driving down the road and like it plays across other uh, stations on Sirius XM. Like, you know, so saying, hey, go, if you if you like this genre, go check this station out. It was uh, up until Memorial Day, it was on Channel 55 um, for for uh, for about a month or so. And, and now it's in the app and then and they keep they bring it back to stations and it's back in the app and all that kind of stuff. They, they rotate it through. So it's pretty neat. And, and in another month or two, they'll be asking me to read some more.
0: That's so cool. And I'm a huge believer that, like, again, you can't, you know, how did you ever know the ROI of living next door to somebody and the ROI of befriending them or getting to know them, you know? That ultimately led you, that, that relationship led you there. All right, Nick, so I've got one final question before we head out today. Usually what I ask every entrepreneur or business owner whatever the case may be. I asked them, "Hey, you know, did you ever have a time in life or business that like this was this was it? Like you thought to yourself like I should just quit, you know? Like I shouldn't do this anymore. I should just go find a job and be someone else's employee or whatever the case may be." But it sounds like you had that moment in 2013 when you were telling us about it, right? That was your that was your moment. So I'll tweak my question, okay? So if you, if someone out there is listening right now and they're at your 2013 moment where they're just like, I'm done, I don't, I don't have anything else to give. Like I'm going to give up. What would you say to them?
1: Well, first of all, I had that moment multiple times in 2013, multiple times in 2014, multiple times in 2015, and maybe even into 2016, just a little bit. Right. And it was probably 2017 before we, we'd had enough momentum and we'd created a foundation that created a live, uh, a um, a level of living that all of a sudden we didn't have those moments anymore. So you kind of grow out of those things. Um, as a matter of fact, they call them growing pains. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to grow without the pain part um, because it's unfamiliar, it's uncharted territory, and um, new new uh, new adventures are going to bring new new problems all the time. So, uh, what advice would I have for those? Is You know, motivation is, is kind of what, what gets you going, but your habits and your consistency, that momentum are are what keeps you going. So um, somebody, Hunter Bledsoe said something to me one time, he said, life is fair. Everybody's price is just different, right? So for two people to get to the exact same place, they come from two different sets of circumstances. If it was in sports, I wasn't as big and as strong as that guy. I had to find my uniqueness and make that my path. Um, to get there. So life is fair. Everybody's price is just different. That really stuck with me. And the moment that I got over myself, then I realized that I wasn't the exception to the rule and these problems happened to everybody and not just me. Um, I I got over myself and honestly, having a child and a, and a wife, um, that was the the kick in the butt that I needed to get myself together. There were people that were depending on me, And my wife and I started dreaming together and, um, I had support. So I had support at home that I'd never had before. And, um, and again, I I started living for others rather than myself. And that was pretty much like, it's hard to fail when, when you're living for other people that you care about rather than yourself. Right. So, um, that's the same approach we take in business, live for, work for others. Um, in comes the outcome, not the objective. Right. So, focus on the customer and the, and the solutions for them and the experience you create for them and if everything's in line and you're doing great at all three of those things you're probably having a great business too right it's kind of funny how that works yeah. out
0: Yep. In constant service of others, it'll always come back.
1: Amen. So,
0: and I've always heard, you know, like uh, a perfect life is not a problem free life. You know, you're everyone you're going to have problems, That's right. whether it's you or your kid does something stupid or, you know, like light life comes with problems. It's your ability to like mentally coach yourself through this. Right. Or you it's your your consistency and your habits of like never giving up is is what will take
1: you through it. Absolutely. Absolutely. The the. Um... I think that the three core ingredients to success of any kind are mindset, skill set and habits. You know, um, if you have all three of those, you're probably doing extremely well in whatever it is you're trying to do.
0: There you go. Well, cool. Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show. I do want to say, if people want to find you, listen to your show, all the things, tell everyone how they can connect with you. The
1: show is called The Hit Streak. It's available on all platforms. You can stream a podcast. You can actually watch video feeds of that on Spotify and YouTube. Um, NickHyder.com is a hub for literally everything. And all my social media is at Nick Heider.
0: Cool. And we'll add that down below in the show notes. Everybody can get a link to that, but definitely check it out. You guys, if you're a serious XM listener, uh, tune in and also check out the hit streak. Thank you. Thank you, Nick, for taking time to be on the show today. Thank you.
1: It's a killer show, man. Keep rocking that we need more people like, you. all
0: right, I'm going to see you next time I'm in Nashville. Yes,
1: ma'am. Thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please take a moment to screenshot this episode and share it to social media using hashtag TrueStoryPR or better yet, write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. See you next time for another True Story.